The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. We were speaking earlier on about the exploitation of grandparents. This off the back of a piece written by a grandparent who said that while he greatly enjoyed his grandchildren, while he was willing to be as helpful as possible to his children with their children, there kind of comes a limit and that often that limit gets uh, breached by people who overexploit the support uh, of their grandparents. Many, of course, who will say they're in a situation where they have no other choice but to overexploit the support given to them by their grandparents. I'm joined by Claire Ronan, broadcaster, and Deborah Costello, who is communications manager with Friends of the Elderly. And Claire, let me start with you. Did this ring any kind of a bell with you? Well, look, um, we didn't have a grandchild, Anton. We had the Messiah and he's only six months old. So, you know, I haven't fallen into that trap yet. I'm only delighted to be minding him. But we do live away from my daughter. So it's hard because when she does need backup, I'm not there. However, when I read that article and then I went down a rabbit hole of a whole load of other articles that were similar, it seems to be a few things, a lack of gratitude. And in that particular case, um, his children, his own children were comparing how much time he spent with his grandchildren. So there's a lot of family dynamics that get caught up into this whole babysitting thing as well. So when you're saying about grandparents being exploited, uh, yes, there probably are lots of them that are being exploited, but it's often where the lines of family are sort of fuzzy. And we all have that, don't we? But presumably it is very difficult for a grandparent to say to their child, look, I love you dearly but I didn't have the kid and I do have a life of my own. I don't know how you'd do it, Anton. Like, I I just don't know how I would do it. Um, You know, I think it's just very difficult. And when we had our first grandchild, I'm very close to my daughter. And the one thing I said to her was, when we're babysitting, the rule is I can always ring you if I'm in any way worried and you're not to get annoyed at me. You know what I mean? But like, as a new grandparent, I can't work the bloody buggy. So I want to bring the child for a walk. I have to get it into this baby seat that has, I mean, it's like Fort Knox. And then the buggy has to come out. You need a degree in engineering. Like, you know, there's a lot of learning about this as well. It is a proper, very responsible, serious job that you're asking someone to do. Well, on that note of of being forced to learn new things, we have a text that says, I mind my two grandchildren and honestly, they are keeping me mobile and strong. Otherwise, I'd be sitting around a lot more and getting stiff. They're keeping me young. Well, uh, Deborah Costello, as I said, is with us. She's communications manager uh, with Friends of the Elderly. There you are, Deborah. Getting a grandparent to mind a grandchild, it is actually altruistic on the parents' part. It's keeping their, their elderly parent young. I think so. And we can see that, you know, here in Friends of the Elderly, that you have a mix of, you know, people who may not have grandchildren and people who do have grandchildren and those who mind grandchildren and who those, those who don't. Um, but the general conversation for those who actually do mind their grandchildren is that it keeps them young, it keeps them active, it keeps them, you know, mobile. But I suppose what we try to do in Friends of the Elderly would be to give older people an opportunity to do something else with their time as well so that they can actually say to their to their children, I'm actually not available on a Wednesday afternoon to mind, you know, my grandchild because I have something to do or I'm taking a yoga class or I'm doing technology. So it's all about, I suppose, for us promoting that positive ageing, for older people to be independent and to have that voice 
whether it is to mind their grandchild or not. What about the situation where the grandchild has multiple children and one of them is the squeaky wheel so that they get asked to mind mm. one kid's grandkids an awful lot or one kid's kids an awful lot and everybody else quietly moans that they're getting special treatment? <laughs> I suppose that just goes down to family dynamics but everybody everybody has, you know. And, uh, you know, what what can you say? Like that comes with, with part and parcel of being with the family. Um, but we would try and encourage an older person to say, listen, you know, I'm only one person. I can only do what I can. And I suppose to have those um, choices to say no. Well, it shows you the level of commitment some grandparents have. A text saying, I live two hours away from my daughter. I'm currently looking to sell my house and move closer to her to mind my grandchildren. I hate being so far away. Claire, to go back Mm. to you, to what extent do you have to set your own ground rules and boundaries in in respect of what you will and won't do when it comes to minding the children? As in, do you say, yes, I'll do that, but I won't do night feeds, or yes, I'll do that, but I won't do nappies, or yes, I'll do that, but they eat whatever I give them and you don't give out to me afterwards? (laughs) Well, they eat whatever I give them and don't give out to me afterwards, I think is actually particularly funny you know the baby is only six months old but I was asking her recently how, how long will it be before he can eat chips and you know put things into his mouth um, I think you need to set the boundaries at the very beginning as much as you know but it's going to be a learning process but you know from the very early stages it's like starting a new job and saying at the interview I'm going on two weeks holidays in September they say oh that's fine then you start the job everyone knows that you can talk at the beginning of a situation it's much more difficult when you're a month or two or a year in you know um, and I think um, setting the boundaries of what you would do and not do should be a joint thing. Like in my case now, we've only one baby and it's my daughter and we're all fighting over him. So I would imagine, I think it's very funny that with five children of mine, that when there's a few grandchildren, there probably will be smart comments as to who's the favourite. And I mean, that's just family, Anton. We can't do anything like that. Well, while we're talking ground rules, Claire, where would you stand on this one? A text to say, it's the early mornings that are particularly hard. My son and his wife leave for work at 6 a.m., so it's a very early start. I don't know how long I'm going to last at that. Is that something, would you be willing to show up at 5.45 to mind the kid? Um, yes, I would. But I, you're, I, I'm actually hard, I'm loath to admit this. I did it recently and I was wrecked. You know, I didn't realise actually that I've got a bit older until I started minding my grandson and I found myself actually tired at the end of the day. Like six o'clock every morning, that's not easy. You know, it's and a lot of people say are my age, I'm in my mid 50s. We've we've been minding our parents. You know, this age is when you're sort of the sandwich generation. Um, so it's like a, it's like a club sandwich. There's three different stages. Um, I think with communication, it could be sorted. And there's certain things in families that always should be brushed under the carpet and sort of smiled and um, a bit of an ignore. Well, I want to find out, uh, as, as we have uh, Claire Ronan with us, uh, broadcaster, and Deborah Costello, who's communications manager, who's friends of the elderly, on that thing of brushing things under the carpet and how you handle the family dynamics, Deborah. Text to say, funny you mention food. My mother plies my kids with chocolate. It wrecks my head, but then I need her to mind them, so I bite my tongue. So what what do you do in relation to those kind of things? Because often a, a grandparent may have a completely different set of rules that they did with the child that they raised versus the parent and their ultimate child. So how do you establish, I know you think it's okay, but I don't, these are our rules? I suppose like it goes back to that old saying, you know, if mother says no, ask grandma. 
Um, you know, everybody knows that, you know, grandparents really do treat their grandchildren. But I think it's really important, as Claire has said, to set the boundaries from the beginning. But also, you know, I, I we look at members who, who mind their grandchildren. And um, I suppose it would have been very much of the era with an older person. Well, look, this is, we made one dinner a day and that's what everybody ate. Mm. Where you see now, you know, in, in very modern families, they're making three and four different dinners because, you know, one won't eat this and one won't eat the other. So I suppose if you're minding a child, I suppose being a, a, a grandparent, you're more inclined to spoil the child, as, as, as we, we've heard, you know, and... But it's about setting boundaries at the beginning. It's about keeping those communications open and saying, look, I have my experience. I'm an older person. I've, I've raised you. I've, you know, you're all doing well here. Um, you want me to mind the baby. That's no problem at all. But we need to discuss how we're going to do it. Because you don't want a child going home at the end of the day after living on chocolate and bouncing off the walls. Um, well, what about Deborah? So if it's it the other side, what if you're the, the grandparent and you know, yeah. I raised five years. I raised five years successfully. Yeah. I fed you, I watered you, I educated you, I steered you through all sorts yeah. of problems. And this notion yeah. that all your kids have to be fed different dinners because one of them doesn't like this yeah. and the other one doesn't like Good luck. That's a lot of tongue biting <laughs> for a grandparent to do. It, it is, it is. But I also do think that as you get older, you get wiser. And you know when to win the war, lose the battles and, you know, how to play it. And, you know, I've seen it say even within my own sister and she'll say, yes, absolutely. No way will I let them eat that. No way would I give them such and such. And as soon as they're gone, you know, as soon as my niece is gone, they get what they're looking for. I can't really say no to them. But I suppose it's it's it is it's the whole communication. Of course, an older person has has wisdom. They've raised their own family. And they survived, they're, you know, thriving, they have their own children. Um, but it is, it's just about that whole talking, it's about respecting an older person as well. And I, and I do actually think it's, it's really important that grandparents play such a big part of grandchildren's lives, whether it's minding them or being included. Because older people, as we know, can be very, very lonely and very isolated. So going back to that lady that texted in and said, maybe I'm going to move closer because she's probably feeling older and isolated. Maybe she wants to be more involved and, you know, that's her way and of it, it has to be said, Deborah, more connected. She's not alone. Another one said, my lovely grandchildren no. are far away from me in Northern Ireland. I would love to be helping out more. Daughter yeah. works full time and seldom gets yeah. a break. I hate that it's like this. Another, sure, my husband yeah. doesn't parent as I do. Never mind the grandparents. You take what you can get <laughs> and be grateful. Well, one final thing, Claire. Let us imagine that you are minding your um, six-month-old grandson and as you hand him back one day, your daughter uh, slips into your hand 50 quid by way of thanks. How would you react? Oh, God. I'd die. <laughs> um, would you die and take it um, or would you die and hand it back? Oh, that's a really awkward one. Look, if it was a situation where I had to drive halfway around the country and I was short of the few quid, yes, I think that's a very good case. But um, I would prefer she, like she'd need the money more than I do at her stage in her life and I'd prefer not to take it. Uh, I think what a lot of people do is they have a financial relation, uh, relationship if if it's the job. You see, this is the thing, Anton. If you're minding your grandchildren and it's two days a week and it's a formal arrangement, then they have to eat what their parents have said. And then there should be a financial... Um, I think they should be paid. 
um, you know, the grandparents for the for their time and the food and the petrol and everything like that. But if it's coming over to your granny for the afternoon to play dollies, then I think they should be allowed to eat what they like and nobody should be getting any money. <laughs> well, Claire, we, we hope that your, your daughter is listening so that she understands the parameters <laughs> <laughs> that you've established for how this is going to work. Claire Ronan, broadcaster, and Deborah Costello, communications manager of Friends of the Elderly. Thank you very much. Phil has been in touch to kind of summarise the discussion for us. We raise our kids and now they expect us to raise theirs. Uh, obviously, we'll help out, but there's a limit. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk.